Welcome to These Fertile Grounds, a podcast dedicated to planting the seeds that inspire women to pursue authentic, purposeful, and fulfilling careers. I am your host and career coach, Zainab Kahira. Join us as we share the diverse experiences of women from various industries, exploring their unique journeys, celebrating their authenticity, and reflecting on the lessons they've learned along the way. Welcome to our premiere episode. In today's episode, we will be speaking with Shobna Kanusami. Shobna Kanusami is an engineer, pastry chef, small business owner, and leadership coach. Recognized for her innovation and being on top of the game, she served as a Food Network Canada judge on the Wall of Bakers. Known for her passionate, creative, and lively approach, Shobna empowers her clients to grow and pursue their goals with self-empowerment, courage, and vulnerability. Her coaching practice is centered around tapping into her client's inner strength, confidence, and values to bring about positive and meaningful transition in their careers and lives. Everyone, let's welcome Shobna Kanusan. Hi, Shobna. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. So for um, everyone who's listening and watching, um, this is my very first recording of this podcast. I'm going to be full of authenticity and transparency as much as I can within my boundaries. (laughs) So Shobna, I feel honestly, I, I, I don't know if I mentioned this before we started recording, but I really feel safe that I'm with you. Uh, because um, Shobna and I, we have a uh, relationship or working relationship together. And so uh, we interact um, every week, honestly. And um, every time I have a chance to interact with you, it's always like a very um, safe and warm and just, you know, you feel like you're getting a hug. Oh, I see. I I am a hugger, virtual or not. (laughs) I'm very handsy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but thank you. That was so kind. And thank you so much for welcoming me into this space. I'm so excited for you and honored to be here. Oh, thank you so much. So um, you all um, at this point have heard Shobna's uh, bio and introduction because I shared it before um, we started chatting. But um, I I wanted to start off by just giving you the opportunity to just share your career story. Like what were some of the beginnings, some of the highlights? I'm all ears. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you so much for this space. Well, career story. It's an extremely meandering path. Um, It was definitely not a straight arrow. I was, I think I've always been the one that goes against the grain since I was a kid. And that seemed to be the trend with me (laughs) in terms of how I, how I, um, how I lead, how I switch careers and how I live, because I don't want to settle, right? I think life's too short to settle. Um, I want to be happy and I want to do something that makes me happy and do something that I can feel is touching someone's lives in a positive way, the way I, I, I intend. And that has been, that has been the purpose beneath all the career changes that I've gone through and um, being 
of South Asian background, um, but I'm from Malaysia. Um, I'm Indian, so I'm a real diasporic kid, right? So we are not comfortable in any space because we are always the different one. And following that path of the usual, you know, the, the straight path, the one that's expected of us, I had the privilege not to. I think that was that was the key of my freedom because the fact that I could actually say, Hey, I don't really want to be an engineer anymore. I would like to pursue something else. Yeah. Um, and I, I do recognize that as a privilege. Um, and I, yeah. you know, paid my way through school, um, but not engineering school that was gifted to me by my parents. And so that portion of disappointing your elders and going into something that they would have, considered to be not as secure of a of a career path um was very difficult for me to ex you know to accept and and swallow but i had to do it i think something in my in myself said i really need to do something that brings me joy so that i can give other people joy it's almost like you got to fill your own cup before you overflow it <laughs> and mm-hmm. give it to others. Yes, that's right. And um and that was a real turning point for me and and I loved it. I did it for 20 years. Um it was the highlight and lowlights of my of my existence right now and now I'm in my next phase of coaching and coaching women of color through entrepreneurship and leadership and I'm still serving and I and I love that. I love service. I I feel fulfilled when I touch one person, I, I, that fills my cup. So it's been quite the change. Yeah. That's beautiful. And you said, so for 20 years, you were a chef, correct? I was. Yeah. Yeah. So how soon after, um, completing, completing your engineering degree, did you transition into being a chef? Three years. Three yeah, years. So I worked. Yes. Yeah, so I worked, I worked, um, at a corporation, um, like a big organization. It was like, I'm dating myself now, <laughs> like in the year 2000, <laughs> where everything was crashing because of Y2K. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I know. It's a great Listen, job. I need people to remember that when they freak out about um, AI, because it's like, we, we've seen it's happened like, before. Before, yeah. yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So Y2K presented a brilliant opportunities for you know great high paying jobs for fresh graduates out of engineering yeah. school so yeah. i went into it pretty much straight away and um since this is a career podcast i'm just going to spell it out right now all yes. us female engineers did get paid much less than the male engineers we didn't know it at the time but boy <laughs> like yeah. that's and done i'm still due to today yeah uh, quite yeah. a bit still to today yeah, yeah. So this was like wow. about 25 years ago. But um, so, no, I did work um, in that industry for, for three years. And I really just found myself looking f- forward to coffee breaks, to lunch mm. and to um, <laughs> coffee breaks and to going home. <laughs> and when you're that young and you almost feel like you've, you're losing your way because why are you looking forward to breaks? <laughs> Right. Yeah. So I was like, exactly. this, there must be more to this. There must be more than just a paycheck. And the paycheck was great. It allowed me to um, start figuring out life, right? Um, and yes. and how to handle money. Like you're a young adult, you suddenly get your first paycheck, and you're like, yeah, let's go shopping. And then you realize, <laughs> like, oh, there are bills to pay too. <laughs> 
but that fantasy ends real quick so quick (laughs) so quick um but that really opened my eyes into the fact that I was bored and I didn't like being bored and I was directionless so with all that education and all that all the things that we had achieved by the time you know we were young 20s and that was the road that was meant for us to follow I still felt hollow yeah so I have a question about that because mm. I that's something I do hear and I'm sure you hear it too um with um some of your uh specifically career coaching clients um is this idea of boredom and I think sometimes we feel guilty that we're bored. Like we feel like, well, what's wrong with me? I have, I'm an engineer. I'm making good money. I'm probably working for a really great company. You know, why am I bored? I went to school to study this. Like, why am I bored? So did you experience that self criticism, that self doubt where you are or shame because you were enjoying what you were doing? So this is where there's another twist to the story. Um, mm, in year two, I twist. really didn't want to quit. <laughs> Yeah, I wanted to quit <laughs> of engineering. School. Yep, of school because wow. um because architecture school was right next door. They were building mm-hmm. all these really cool models. Like this is back in the day, right? And and for yeah. me, I was very I'm a very crafty person, you know. I you know, I was messing around with cakes in the kitchen, um baking yeah. to pass time. And I was like, I understand that I need a degree. Um, but this is just not not doing it for me. And so I told my parents and my dad was like yeah, no. Yeah. Finish yeah. what you started. And yeah. this day, I understand deeply what that meant to him and how, you know, how that translated. But funnily enough, I'm a parent now and my kids maybe about, you know, four to five years away from graduating high school. And I that memory always kind of comes back to me because at at a certain point when someone feels a certain way and they're telling you honestly like that's what they're feeling there are other ways to deal with that situation yeah there are other paths you can take but and and yeah. just to be open to what is it that your gut is telling you yeah right? yeah I was gonna say that like um, I mean you clarified that it was your parents who were like you have to finish this through but there were signs for you that you know maybe this isn't the right thing for you and some a lot of times or often we we see the signs and um we ignore them and and the fact that you were uh willing to have the courage because i know that wasn't an easy conversation to have with your parents no, um, i have a lot of Tuesday <laughs> yeah I, oh. <laughs> oh my goodness we were in different countries thank goodness I would have been beaten down to a pulp. <laughs> yeah, I know. So that probably was um, that that courage, that foundational courage that you have, is probably something that you um, that you channeled when you were finally ready to make that 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 pivot, right? That into yeah. being a chef. Would yeah. you say that? Well. Um... Just to clarify, like my my mm-hmm. intention wasn't to quit university altogether. My intention right, right. was just to switch. I was like, right, right. So I I went with a plan. Like I didn't mm-hmm. go, you know, Dad, I don't want to do this anymore. I was like, you know, okay, so I don't want to do this anymore, but this is what I would like to do instead. And mm-hmm. 
and that seemed to me reasonable for um for the amount of work I've already put in to then continue. So that wasn't really in, in question. Quitting wasn't in question. Changing was in question. And I think that is the moment I fell in love with change. Because yeah. change is oh. hard. Change is yeah. tough. Pivoting yeah, is, is tough. I know it's an overused word right now, post-pandemic, but yeah. it is actually really difficult to think about yourself in any other box that you've seen yourself in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how does that apply to your career, right? Yeah. What do you love about change? Because a lot of times people frame change, <laughs> yeah, or frame their relationship with change, they they talk about the negative part of it. So yeah. what do you love about it? You said opportunity? Yeah, I, opportunity, um, th- that fear, but then the fear turns into flutter. You know, mm. so when and you're kind of like leaning into that fear, going, oh my god, oh my god, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? What am I going to do? That's actually a good thing. That's like the bees buzzing in there, going like, yeah. how, how, what is, what is happening? What am I going to do? How am I going to do it? And often we get stuck there. Yeah, because it's difficult to keep thinking about it because it it looks like doom and gloom. Yeah, but what's the opposite of doom and gloom? Yeah. Everything has two sides. That's, I like that. That is the opposite of doom and gloom. That's right. That's right. I love that. I love that. So kind of staying on the topic of, of change. um, I want to know, like, what were the early uh, stages of you uh, becoming a chef? It sounds like you had already been um, in the culinary world, when you were in college, but more as a hobby. So making that change into doing it full time as a career, like what were some of the emotions that you experienced as you were going through this change? Yeah. So that was a good question. Um, (laughs) That hobby was really about procrastinating because I think I've covered the fact that I didn't want to be an engineer. So it was always about what to do during study break. And so to procrastinate more studying, I would bake and, and not only enjoy the baking after, but the process of it is what I fell in love with the calm of it. Maybe it's because I was doing it in the middle of the night alone, but that process really brought me, it really grounded me. And that feeling of just being one with with what you were doing, the the product, the mixing, the emulsification, like all of that just started becoming so interesting to me and to see the product later and then to share it with people like that was magic for me. Yeah. So I was like, how do people do this every day? What, how can <laughs> I do this every day and still have, have a career and still bring people joy. So at that yeah. point, bringing people joy through dessert. And um, funnily enough, my best friend's mom, she had actually gone to the Cordon Bleu in London in the 60s. And so I was hanging around a lot with them because they were like my surrogate family in New Zealand. I was a boarder. I was, you know, I I didn't have family there. And Mm -hmm. she would just whip up these meals just for just for like, you know, Tuesday night dinner. But the ease at which she was doing it, like I, I fell in love with that kind of symphony that was happening in the kitchen just watching her work like to me mm. that was magical. I want to do that and I want to be <laughs> good at it and then I'm like I'm going to show my Asian parents that I can be even better I'm going to own my business one day I don't know all this yeah. 
Yeah. That's how the train yeah. starts. And um and I don't know, my husband and I, we were so young at the time. We barely we, we I think we got married in December, but we moved in March, April. I was in the Corumble in Ottawa by uh by June. Wow. So you yeah. also did this change when you were married too. Yeah, barely. Like we were, yeah, two months and I'm like, so don't want to be an engineer anymore. He's like, okay. <laughs> He's wow. like, okay. Like, do you want to do anything? I'm like, yeah, let's bake. He's like, okay, where? I'm like, that's the school. He's like, what? But it was wow. fun. We were young. We didn't have anything, you know, tying us down. <laughs> we literally just came as backpackers. Like, we quit our jobs. We said, we'll give North America one year. I'm going mm-hmm. to pastry school. And then we'll go back. Yeah. 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 So, like, 23 yeah. years later... Yeah, here we are. I'm just curious quickly um, about your um, your specialty as a chef, a pastry chef. Yeah. Is it it's, first? Is it exclusively pastry chef or no? It is. It is. Yeah. Okay. I, went, yeah, I did pastry. Pastry. Um, yeah, I trained in pastry, and um, I worked for ten years all over hotels, mm-hmm. restaurants, pastry shops, and then I had my own bakery for another ten. Uh, downtown in Vancouver, BC. Wow. Yeah. And what was okay? So what was the what was the 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 number one thing that people came to your bakery for, or that uh, they, that was like the big item? We were known our for items. our French macarons. Ooh, macarons. Yeah, we were we were known for that <laughs> because I think when I opened because it was downtown and and um, we we needed an inn. Yeah, because I was no I was a nobody. And I yeah. be, I was an immigrant. Um, I was brown. I was a woman. Um, mm-hmm. No French blood. Um, mm-hmm. Just the love of French pastry. And so to break that mold of thinking about how is it that someone who does not look like a tall, white, French man make macarons and then sell them at a premium price because of the yeah. quality of ingredients that we're doing and everything's handmade. How do you, how do you, how do you position that? Yeah. So I built a brand. I built a brand that people could buy into kind of like Starbucks. Who knows? Yeah. The CEO of Starbucks. Say that again. Do you know the CEO of Starbucks? Um, I don't know his name, but I've heard of him. Yeah. (laughs) That was my point. That was how I looked at it. I looked that I looked at it that if people don't know the CEO of a brand that they trust, what does it matter yeah. for me? And then yeah. I realized I'm not Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so when I embodied the brand and started being more, started putting myself out there more, um, the response was overwhelming. I think I, at first I had to hide behind the brand because I thought that the perception was, for me, was that my existence was diminishing the value of the brand no one Mm. would buy from a brown woman in that space yeah because what we had around here were the french and the european white men and and they were amazing and these are people i look up to like this is who i learned from but society is a different ball game right you work yeah. with two things. You work with your perception of who you are, plus the perception that you have deal to deal with from others. 
Was there a point where you were able to come from uh, hiding behind the brand? And, and, and what did that look like? That was 2020. Um, that really? So, George Floyd. so 10 years, so almost a decade into you, yeah. well, over two decades yes. into pastry, but yeah. wow, 2020 is when you became, I'm sorry. That was a global, <laughs> that was a global movement. Wow. That happened. And the people who had to die for that to make it a movement yeah. gave me the courage to step up. Wow. What did that do for you? Sorry, because in an aspect. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. Um, take your time. Take your time. Um, I'm just going to speak a little bit while you are, um, uh, you know, processing. Yeah. Um I can imagine that, you know, you have your dream, right? You're a pastry chef. Now you have a product that everybody loves, right? And you have a brand that people are loyal to in some capacity because you did it for a decade, right? But you weren't able to be yourself. What did it feel like um, during that time? To, to hide yourself. I, I mean, I understand like why you did, but what 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 effect did that have on you? Because I think people need to understand, like especially for people of color, or 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 um, or, um, or yeah, people of color, like we do stuff and we're like, well, I just had to do it, right? But people don't realize what we are sacrificing to just have to do it, right? Yeah. And that's why we get a lot of these labels of being strong and resilient and, you know, oh, well, they know how to get through all of this. Yeah, we do, but it doesn't feel good that we have to do it. So I, I would like for people to hear like what the effect that does have on us when we do have to hide who we are to have the dream that we want. If you feel in the capacity to share that. Yeah, sure, Zainab. Um and you can keep crying. Surface, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, trust me, I, this podcast we will see a lot of tears. I yeah, I mean, it's probably it's, for me. <laughs> it's, well, it's it's what we go through, right? It's um, yeah, every journey is different. But I think in the beginning, it felt very comfortable. Mm. It was great because people were coming. We were thriving. Um, my staff doubled and tripled. Um, at some point we had satellite stores. It was wow. really quite amazing to see. Um, and to me, I thought that was what business was about. So mm -hmm. I loved it. And so that made me hide even more. So when I had those who were non-people of color working, because we had a huge variety of people who who came to Suarez and worked with us throughout the years and those people who customers assumed owned the store started the store or whatever like i i almost encouraged them to to just appease the customer and say yeah you know whatever because to me it didn't matter to me what mattered was sales yeah because i put my 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 yeah, you were making line. money. Yeah. yeah. I not only making money, I had loans to pay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So when you are in business for yourself and you, you know, open a bakery, <laughs> there is a, a lot of overhead, right? Yeah. It is not something that you can just do with a laptop. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so you have obligations and you don't want to sink. You have a, you know, I had a young family at the time and it was business and numbers. So it was yeah. comfortable. But then if you really think about it, it just starts chipping away at your confidence and it just starts yeah. chipping away at like self-doubt yeah, um, and self-worth. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. these things always pop in when you have to actually do events because we were always called for, you know, and I did a lot of events where they were for charity or like we're raising money for the aquarium, raising money for cancer, AIDS, right? So we as you know, some of the top pastry shops, top restaurants in the industry, we would be invited and said, hey, you know, do you want to come out? And those were the moments that like petrified me because yeah. I had to go as myself. Oh, wow. And even standing yeah. next to, you know, my one of my dearest friends, I've spoken about this in, in um before, but mm-hmm. he's six foot four, white guy like you know the sweetest man you can ever come across and everyone would just go up to him and say my god like you know what you've done here is amazing like where did you go to school what made you open the shop and I'm standing Mm. right there next to him so then he'd look at them and then he'll look at me and goes you'll want to ask all those questions to Shobna because she's the executive pastry chef and then you could just see the reactions right they just look you up and down going really so I think it's a mixture of surprise but also why are you surprised yeah 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 and I like I appreciate your 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 raw emotions because that hurts Mm -hmm. people don't realize it um, because we've been conditioned to hide it but it hurts to work hard um, to build this reputation and in an instant, somebody diminishes it because they assume that the man next to you is the one who's accomplished it. You know, yeah. it's it's it. This is why we have to have. This is why conversations about um, inclusion um, and uh, visibility is important. Creating those spaces so we can shift the mindset, so we're not so quick to assume that the tall white man standing next to you is the executive chef. Yeah. Right. And I get it. Like I get it. I I understand where they're coming from and they don't mean to hurt people Mm -hmm. because it's systemic. Yeah. It (laughs) is personal. It's systemic. It's what they're conditioned to believe. So they're not doing doing that to me personally, but you're Mm -hmm. right. It hurts nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why coaching now to me matters so much because like this is a things I have had to learn over time and I want to fast track that for you. Yeah. And, and, and that's, and I come to, and that's why I like, I, I'm not afraid to bring, um, approach these types of conversations with my clients either, because one of the other uh, major uh, drivers of insecurity, especially with women of color is the fact that our stories are not affirmed, they're not acknowledged, our feelings are not acknowledged. And so because, and we don't see it acknowledged publicly. So when we're going through something, we immediately blame ourselves, like, what's wrong with me? Did I do something wrong? When it's like, no, 
you are trying to survive in a in a in a system in circumstances that um are design are not designed for you so of course you're going to feel insecure yeah. of course you're going to question some of the decisions that you're making because you work so hard to get to a point and then somebody diminishes it and i know like you're right people mean well but i'm a big advocate of um learning new habits and unlearning bad habits mm -hmm. and the assumptions that we make about other people are habit yeah right so the best way that to change our assumptions one is to not make assumptions right shout out to the four agreements yeah but two <laughs> is to develop a new habit where you're not making assumptions and you challenge yourself in that moment to do that and there are people who are intentional about it those those are the people i feel like are real advocates but then there are people who um they ignore it or they get defensive when you ask them to change their habits you know we're going off on a tangent but i but, but i wanted it. to yeah. frame that because for the people who are listening you know we both share that your feelings are valid and you're not imagining anything there's a lot of circumstances that are you making nailed it. it yeah yeah you nailed it. So you're not imagining this and it's okay. It's okay to yes. acknowledge. It's okay to validate. It is not you. That's right. That's right. It's not you. It's not, it's you. not you. It is yeah. real. Yeah. Yeah. And you're not the only one. That's right. That's right. You have people. That's right. That's <laughs> right. That's, yeah. right. That's right. So, um, I want to thank you for sharing that. That was, that was so beautiful. Um, I wanted to talk about the, well, you can tell me if this is true, but I feel like the second major change in your life, career-wise, uh, transitioning into coaching. Mm -hmm. And if you can kind of just share, uh, I love the parallel between being a server, right? Being of service. And, and this is a great, um, a great uh, place to recognize people who work in, uh, the, in culinary, arts or even food service you know you know tim hortons and all that like by you providing that food that service you're feeding someone right you're also adding to you're nurturing them for the day right you may be helping them with a moment because you know sometimes you need a donut you need a moment <laughs> yes you need that moment to be you special. need a record yes exactly I posted a video <laughs> And I was eating me some ice cream. And I said, oh, I, I remember that. I remember that. You're like, I had a day. Don't judge. I had a day. So for anyone who works in food, who works in, uh, who works in the culinary arts, who works in food service, all, all of the above, you are providing a service. You are serving others, but it's not just handing them the food there. You don't know, uh, you are providing something to them that may not have the words or, or, or can be measured. So thank you for that. So anyway. Yeah. So being a person of service through uh, your bakery, um, now transitioning to being a person of service through coaching, what did that look like? And, and what made you decide to make that change? Yes, um, that was a... So I actually have a friend who is a coach and mm -hmm. there was a time that was, um, that was approaching... It all sounds very practical because my lease was up. And so I was up for renewal. <laughs> 
right? So I was like, ooh, if the lease is up, and sometimes it's a phrase, people go, your lease is up. Mm-hmm. What you gonna your do? Your bakery lease. Your yes, bakery lease my bakery was lease okay. was up. So, mm-hmm. and uh, and my rates went up by about 40%. This Oof, was post-COVID. Post-COVID, yeah. post right? But during COVID, I mean, we we crushed it because everyone realized that they needed cake. <laughs> Just great. We had we provided a service. (laughs) Boy, did we provide! (laughs) We were hustling, going, driving. We were. It was incredible, and it was one of the most profitable times of the bakery because there was only two of us, Mm. and we just yeah, we just hustled. Um, and it was really great. So we didn't even shut down for one day, but when it came time to figure this out, going, what does my life look like in the for the next five years? Kieran's about to go into grade eight. I now have to make how much more to afford the rent on the place that I need to sign yeah. on. I am now in my 40s. What more can this dream offer me? Yes. And, and how is it that I can exist in there with purpose? Yes. Then I realized... Ooh, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Because <laughs> I realized what you just said. It was like my whole, my whole being is to serve others like that is what I've always wanted to do and to make a career out of it so that you know I can serve my family by existing and paying Mm -hmm. for things (laughs) so Mm -hmm. the shift for me became from serving others to now serving those who serve Mm. So now I mm. I coach, right? So I coach women entrepreneurs. I focus on women of color who, yes. who I really, really want to help amplify and help help just, I, I just want to help them skip some steps, <laughs> some steps, mm-hmm. some hard steps that over 20, 25 years of me working, I've learned. I'm like, you don't have to go through those steps because they were dumb steps anyway. It taught yeah. me things, but now let me tell you and let me help yeah. you through those steps because yeah. I don't want people to feel the way I did. Yeah. 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 It's not yeah. necessary. Yeah. I do see a change in society, which I'm so grateful for that I get to live within this lifetime to actually see this shift happening, this global shift. But mm-hmm. in all honesty, it's going to take, it's still, it's, we're still a work in progress. Yeah. yeah. So that was that shift for me. I was like, how can I do this where it means something to me, where I can still have, claim back my time with my family. Like I literally didn't see my family for two years, like during COVID, like I, I didn't see them. No, mm. I didn't what they were doing, where they were like, yeah. yeah. Karen was at home doing homeschooling. Um, uh, and I was just like, go. Yeah. I had to go. Yeah. And so it was a huge moment of, I refuse to call it midlife crisis because it wasn't a crisis, Mm-mm. but it was a, real moment of reconsideration reframing and again change yeah opportunity it was like oh my goodness what is it that I value now because values change too like what you valued then versus what you value now what your life looked like then versus what your life looks like now it's all in reflection but when you're so busy hustling in your career there is no time for you to think about what happened before because you're like oh my god what's on my calendar tomorrow yeah. Yeah. And if I can share, 
because something, a couple of things came up for me when you were talking. Uh, one about the purpose. Um, I think something that I want people to receive is that um, there, when something ends, it's not necessarily because you failed or you couldn't do it anymore. It's because the purpose that it has has been fulfilled, right? Yeah. And then the other thing is That's that where you are i always encourage people to make decisions for themselves based on where they are right now right yes now granted you don't want to necessarily uh make a decision that uh could be detrimental to your future you know like that could cause harm to your future right but if you decide to take a break go to school and study for a couple of years and, and you feel like that's what you need for yourself right now, that's okay. Even if after the two years you finish, you don't actually do what you studied, <laughs> me. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you take what you learn from that experience yeah. and you leverage it, but that's what you need for yourself right now, right? So, cause you mentioned values, right? And you think of, you mentioned about the values that you had when you first started. Um, as a baker, as a pastry chef, have they're not gone, but they've evolved. Absolutely. Right? Because and they look to, differently now. Yeah. We have to understand that we evolve. Yes. People say people don't change. Yes, they do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whether we want to recognize it or not, it's a different story. Yeah. We're supposed to change. Yes. We're supposed to change. Yes, because change yeah. is opportunity. It is opportunity for you to grow. And the fact that I went back to school for for coaching, it really gave me a chance to learn again because I was Mm -hmm. so busy teaching. I was so busy mentoring. I was so busy giving the knowledge and like passing it down. But I was like, I need to now receive as well. Yeah. So I was back to receiving so that I can give again. Yes. Yeah. So it was a change. Ding, 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 ding. But it was have, transformational, Zainab. It was transformational for me. And I want to ask you, as we close out, I have a couple more questions, but um, one of them is, how do you feel right now? Like you're actually in the um, act of doing the things, excuse me, <clears throat> that you invested time in as a coach, right? But now you have all of the lessons and the reflections from in the past where you hid behind your brand, you know, like one of the things that I, I love your artwork for your podcast with the colors in your face. And it's just so, it's so beautiful. And now that I hear your story about how you felt like you had to hide, uh, you were forced to, um, to see you now, like be the face, be the face of it. Like, how does, how does this all feel for you right now? Uh, still fearful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, still fearful. Um, but, but but the difference I think now is that I am I am learning how to be a bit more comfortable with the discomfort. Yes, yes. being in that, like you know, it it really it's a dance, Zena. It's it's a dance. Sometimes you take a step forward. Sometimes you take a couple of steps back, and then you take a step forward, and then you move to side to side. It's just you know that fluidity of of what it means to be me and putting myself out there in a way that I've never done before. Um, yeah. 
it feels good to be me. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah, it just feels good to, you know, with I've, you know, figured out a way for myself to cope with judgment, cope with perception yeah. of others, like, and and to really feel true to your own voice and to listen to it because it is so strong. Yeah. And it gives mm. you power, like unimaginable power to love and to yeah. and and to be loved and to cherish and to share with people. And to mm-hmm. me, it's connection, right? And so I don't care if it's through Zoom, through WhatsApp, like I don't care. It's still connection to me. Yeah. Through a voice, like something from the other side of the world can touch me through a podcast, through a message, through reading, like it's connection. Mm. so yeah oh you're just giving me hugs of words i love it <laughs> yeah it, it feels really good thank you for asking that question and um, absolutely it really makes a difference yes because i think sometimes when we think about the final when we see like the fruition of our work and the, the accomplishment we focus on more of the tangible the physical things like more money and you know, even more time, but it's like, how does this the like feel the rewarding feeling? Like, what's the what's the 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 emotional accomplishment that you have, that you're experiencing? You know. Yeah. Okay. So my last question is, I gotta pull out my my notes here, so I'll probably have to edit this part out. But <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I wanted to ask you, like, what piece of advice? Uh, oh, I have two more questions. Okay. okay. I totally told Sean, I was like, this is going to be 30 minutes. Okay. That's okay. It's okay. <laughs> the first, the, the part one of the, of the two is uh, when you think about your authentic self and you kind of touched it in a, a, a little bit, but um, now how do you show up as your authentic self uh, when it comes to your work and your career? I do a lot of letting go. I do a lot of Mm. letting go of perceptions. I do a lot of letting go of people pleasing. Um, And the funny thing is that in my interactions, I think people now, I think the way I am, to have that confidence to be who you are, no matter what, Mm -hmm. it, it blossoms when you're with people. It really does. Mm. The people that are around you who see you, Mm. not for what you've accomplished, but to see you for who you are. And I think being in this space of service, it's a different sort of space now um, and surrounding yourself with those people. It just, you, you, you absorb that energy of saying it's okay to be you. Yeah. We like you for you. Yeah. And the more of that positive affirmation you see around you and the more you accept that for yourself, yeah, is how is is how I I had to kind of move yeah. into that space. Um not to say I wasn't really, you know, authentic before, but I always thought that it had to be tied to like my job, my accomplishments, yeah. my achievements. That's like a food network judge, like oh it's you know, that's yeah. how you, you start. They're like, what do you do? Because that's the first question. It's a very very dominant question to go like hi i'm so and so and they're like yeah great yeah what do you do mm-hmm. it's like who are you like let yeah me learn something about you 
Yeah. 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 And then That's the where beautiful. you're from. Like <laughs> Yeah. I'm Don't like, get me started. How long on do that. you have? <laughs> Don't get me started on that one. Yeah. I, I I love that. There's some we may have to do a part two, maybe on your okay. podcast. I'm inviting myself to your podcast. <laughs> well, you Just, see, you know, my, that, me being audacious. That's how, it, that's how it works. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the beauty of love, Zena. That is yeah. like, you know, we have a, a lot to give. And um, yeah. and so part two will be on Color Me Brave. Yeah. Yes, go ahead and plug it because I said I was gonna I was gonna give you some space to plug it. So so the very final question is um, for everyone listening: um, What piece of advice would you give um, to someone who is um, feeling unsure about where they are in their career, maybe even struggling with being their authentic self in their career? What a piece of advice would you give them? Okay. Um... When you're unsure about where mm-hmm. you are in in your career, I would be curious to find out what it would be like for you to even just write down the things that you are sure of. Mm-hmm. What are the things that make you happy? What are the things that are fulfilling you right now? Yeah. And, and what are the things you love to do? Mm-hmm. And then marry that with how you can monetize that because that's what a career is. A career needs to be purposeful. <laughs> it, yes. You are doing it ev- like the most time that you're awake in your day. So yeah. that's what a career is. You marry your purpose with remuneration. Like you need to be mm-hmm. paid for your talents. You need to be paid yeah. for what you are offering. And if you yeah. can find out what those unique strengths are because a lot of us are unsure about a lot I mean I'm unsure about where I am but some Mm -hmm. of the some of that time I kind of be like you know what what am I sure of right now like I find comfort in that yeah 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 so just kind of yeah looking at it from from the other angle right because you have you have got here based on something what are those things that's right that's right. Your journey exactly didn't right. just start. Yeah. Access I tell people that all the time. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 Oh. You didn't get here. You just didn't pop up all of a sudden. Yes. You're sitting here talking to me. Yes. Like there are things that you did, decisions yes. that you made to help you get to this point. Yes. Honor that. that. The right decision. Yeah. Uh, and celebrate it. Honor that and journey. Celebrate, celebrate that journey. Exactly right. Yeah. Beautiful. This was great. Thank you so much, Shelton. I, I Thanks, had a blast. Dana. And I'm so, I'm just grateful. Um, as you were talking, I was just thinking like, you know, how, like you said, when you start something new, you, you question like, am I making the right decision? And as you were talking, I was like, I made a good decision. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I cannot wait <laughs> to keep doing, recording more episodes. Oh, good. Because, good, um, good. because I, we're just amazing you know, creatures, human beings, and we just have so much to offer. And I love that we can share this, you know, without any type of clickbait moments. No, I don't. <laughs> we are not trying yeah. to do the viral, make no. people mad moments. That's no, I'm is. not. And I think, I think people are mistaken. Like some people, you know, but that's their perception. That's what they want to think. Yeah. Because, but I'm just, again, someone called me yesterday and they're like, what are you seeing in your analytics? I'm like, what analytics? 
I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I'm creating, I, I'm just doing it for fun. And we've got pe- good people that I want to bring on and, and, and talk to and, and share stories. And with. that's it. That's me too. I don't even know if this is something that I'll be able to monetize, um, but that's not the purpose of it. So if I do, that's icing on the cake. Yes. Yes. You're in the same place. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, this is, this is something it's, it's my passion project. Yeah. It's not propelling my career. Like this is a, like I'm doing two things now I'm doing that the coaching bit, which is supposed to be monetizing. (laughs) Yeah. And then my passion project, like my passion. So it's passion and purpose. Like, you know, and yeah. there's some things in between. They cross lines, you know, they dance with each other. But at the end of the day, I'm like, we really do need to amplify. How can I? How can I help other women of color? And yeah. what what am I comfortable with doing? And what am I going to have fun doing? And I was like, ooh, podcast. <laughs> That's right. I love it. So before uh, before you go, I'd like you to share um about your podcast any socials people can follow you um and i'll obviously put that in the uh, show notes as well but if you want to share yeah okay well um (laughs) i just started color me brave uh color me brave podcast was launched uh, during asian heritage month it was very important to me to launch during that month uh, just to pay homage to you know asian asian women of color and i'm southeast asian but I look Indian, mm-hmm. so I'm, and then I'm Canadian, but I'm also Kiwi. So I'm citizen mm-hmm. of the world, but I'm woman of color. That's and right. yeah, this was really a space for us to share our stories, share our journeys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some entrepreneurial stories, including parenthood and just navigating life, but trying your best to do it as yourself. Mm. I think Beautiful. just so color of, me brave. Color it's me on brave. all podcast platforms, correct? All I can. And then, um, like, yes. <laughs> where can people? Your is your Instagram public? It is public, right? Is. Yeah, yeah. So you can find me on my coaching channel at um at soiret dot coaching, or if you mm-hmm. want to follow my food, it's um at love soiret. And how do you spell soiret for anyone? Yeah, it's S for Sam. O I R E T T E. Beautiful. Love some made up I don't word. follow yeah. that. So I need to I need to follow that because um, you know, food is just <laughs> I was telling my husband, you can buy video games, I'm good. I buy food. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Very nice. Well, thank you so much, Shobna. It was beautiful you know. talking to you and yeah. getting to know you more. And um I can't thank you, I everyone. Ah! <laughs> no, that was beautiful. It was such beautiful tears. So don't it's 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 all good. I I again I promise you this you you will be the first of many because tears are tears are a it, good it's thing, so. part of who we are. Yeah, thank Releasing you. Thank you so joy. much. <laughs> thank you, Sam. <Zeta. laughs>